screen I'll fly away some glad morning when this life is over I'll fly away to a home on God's celestial shore Christ comes back. How many of y'all afraid of heights? Yeah, those are the ones I want to watch. Amen. Here we go on the second. When the shadows of this life have gone. Amen. Well, welcome to Old Fashioned Sunday. Thank you for being here. Looking forward to a wonderful day together. It's already been kind of fun to see everyone uh, dressed up. And here comes Brother Tom, looking like he's going to, yeah, he doesn't want to be noticed now, but uh, you got to go look at Brother Tom. He really uh, he really fits the bill there, and uh, good work there, Brother Tom. He might win the award for uh, the best dressed Old Fashioned uh, person in the church, but uh Anyway, glad to have you all here, and uh, thank you for being here. The song we just sang, I'll Fly Away, I hope that you can sing that honestly, that one day uh, you know for sure that you're going to, when you pass from this life to the next, that you're going that direction, not the other direction. And uh, so I hope that you have that assurance, and if not, uh, today would be a great day to make sure that you have a relationship with God uh, through His Son, Jesus Christ. Well, let's have a word of prayer and ask His blessing upon the rest of this service and this day. Our Lord, we uh, come before you. We thank you for the opportunity to gather together as uh, believers and uh, in this uh, place uh, with these people. Lord, and I, 
I do pray that you would mightily bless all that goes on. I pray that you would uh, bless the music. Uh, may it not just be fun to sing, but Lord, may we think about these words and may we think about these songs as we sing them. And uh, Lord, I pray that it would prepare our hearts as well for the preaching of your word. And I pray, Lord, you'd bless that message and uh, may it cause us uh, to grow and to be drawn closer to you. I pray, Lord, ultimately you would receive the honor and glory for all that takes place in this place uh, here today. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Please remain standing as we sing that great old hymn of the faith, Give Me That Old Time Religion, and uh, we'll sing that at this time. This one's not in your books. It'll just be up on the screens this morning. Here we go. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. It's good enough for me. It was good for others. It was good for others. It was good for mothers. And it's good enough for me. It has saved our fathers. It has saved our fathers. It has saved our fathers. And it's good enough for me. I will do when I'm dying. It will do when I'm dying. It will do. It will take us to heaven, it will take us all to heaven, it will take us all to heaven, and it's good enough for me. Give me that old time religion, give me that old time religion, give me that old time religion, it's good enough for me. Amen. Please be seated. All right, well that's a fun song to sing. Um, more important than religion, though, is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Do you want to make that clear? Uh, religion, religion doesn't get anybody to heaven. A uh, relationship with Jesus Christ does, and, uh, but that is a fun song to sing. All right, our memory verse for the month of October, Joshua 1.8. It's a long one, but boy, is it a good one and a needed one in our day and age. Uh, does anybody have this uh, verse memorized? We'd like to quote it this morning. Do we have any takers on this old-fashioned Sunday? Going once, going twice. No sale. All right. Uh, well, we'll go ahead and uh, say it all together here. Ready, begin. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Joshua 1.8, and uh, we may probably, uh, I do have it in my notes to refer to that uh, in the message uh, today, and so uh, that is uh, an important verse, important truth that uh, the Word of God needs to not just uh, be here, but to be thought about and then to be done, to be applied and lived out and obeyed in our lives. And then when we do that, uh, God does promise prosperity and uh, good success to come our way. Not necessarily what the world considers prosperity and good success, but what God considers that. All right, a couple quick announcements. I uh, do want to remind everybody about the schedule today. Uh, we'll not have a, an evening service. We're actually moving that to about 1.45 or so. That's an ish time. 
So it may be about 1.30, maybe around that time anyway. Uh, we'll have uh, an early afternoon service. Uh, as far as the weather is concerned, I've been kind of watching it, obviously. Uh, there is a chance of rain, and if it does, that will move the festivities into the uh, fellowship hall, and then we'll move the afternoon service right back into here. But uh, I do want to try to stay with the plan if we can, if the weather will allow us to, uh, if the Lord allows us to with the weather. Um, but uh, we'll just kind of play it by ear as time goes on. But uh, we'll have uh, a dinner on the grounds right after uh, church. Uh, we'll have that available. You go into the uh, fellowship hall to get the food, and then again, we'll uh, make our way outside. And uh, if you have a lawn chair, you can grab it after the, after the service to get that all kind of set up and uh, prepared. We do have uh, several games and activities uh, for the whole family. We have a nail driving contest uh, some have signed up for. Just because you didn't sign up for it doesn't mean you're not going to participate in it, all right? Uh, we are going to try to pull everybody in as much as possible. That'll be a fun time. Uh, we have a, sack, a potato sack race. Uh, we have cornhole, and uh, we have a three-legged race. And then for the children, uh, we do have in the fellowship hall, if you haven't already seen that, we do have a moon bounce jump house over there, and uh, that'll be monitored uh, throughout the time that that's open. And then we also have Nine Square uh, that has been introduced recently within this last uh, year, and uh, that that's a great thing to have set up over there, and that that'll be happening as well. So just kind of a lot of lot of things going on, and then you won't, won't want to miss the service tonight or this afternoon, I should say. Um, we are going to have a couple specials, and I'm excited to hear both of those specials, and uh, I think you'll enjoy them as well. And then a special message. We'll be giving out the ribbons for all the, well, we have a pie contest going on as well, not to mention all of that. We'll be giving away all the ribbons for uh, all the different events during the afternoon service, and uh, that'll be a, a great time of fellowship and uh, probably making fun of one another uh, a little bit too. So, uh, okay, so that's today. Again, no evening service. We're moving that to the afternoon. And uh, so if you're here at five o'clock, uh, probably you'll be the only one here. So uh, just a heads up on that. And then a reminder about what's coming up this week. Uh, Wednesday night, we will be having our midweek service and uh, we'll be having a missionary to Serbia. He's on deputation on his way to uh, earn, uh, trying to get support to head to Serbia, uh, Brother Matt Miller. Um, his family's not able to be with him because she's uh, great with child, and so she needs to uh, be home and be ready for that, and uh, he's out still doing meetings, but uh, he'll be with us on, on Wednesday night. We'll have uh, the teens and the children in here for that service on Wednesday night, and then Friday night, we'll be having our Noah ministry, Hobo Stew Night, and uh, do y'all have a sign-up sheet or just come if you're coming? Everybody bring a can of veggies, just not lima beans. No. <laughs> That's my least favorite. And uh, Brother Bryce, you came over and brought a can of lima beans over as kind of, uh, hey, thanks for having us over for dinner. And uh, we still have not opened that can. I'm, it's still in our pantry. So if, if, you know, the world goes and we just need something to eat, I probably will die first before I open that can. But... Anyway, uh, so yeah, please just bring a uh, can of veggies uh, on that night, Friday night, 6.30, and then Saturday, of course, is uh, our outreach. Next Sunday night, we'll be having our quarterly business meeting. So for those who are a part of our church, uh, I do want to remind you and encourage you to be a part of that service. 
It'll be a, an abbreviated service, and then we'll, we'll go into the uh, business meeting at the end of that time. And then uh, one more thing I just want to really mention is our Mission Sunday, Missions Emphasis Sunday coming up on November 1st. So it's two weeks from today. That also happens to be Time Change Sunday, where we get that hour of sleep back that we lost in the spring. Uh, but uh, in the morning service, we'll be having the Trimble family. They are missionaries to the Philistines. The Philistines. <laughs> oh, man. Thing is, is I have two more sermons to preach, too. This is going to be a long day for me. Uh, and, and when I was typing this, the Philippines, I, I almost started typing the Philistines. And so anyway, that's, it's just in my brain for some reason. But uh, they're missionaries to the Philippines, and, uh, and then in the evening I'll be preaching, and then we'll be taking up our Faith Promise Missions commitments uh, that evening as well. Um, and I do want to just kind of remind you about that and uh, let you know that's going to be a special day together. Um, I think that's all the announcements I wanted to make. We're going to have a couple more songs at this time. Um, I'll leave it up to you if you, if you have them stand or sit. It's up Still to you. stand. Let's stand. All right. Stand oh. up. Let's all stand together. Page number 869. Brethren, we have met to worship. again if we could brother David one of these days Christ is going to kneel and serve me that comes from the story of the last supper where he knelt and he served all of those uh, disciples that were with him with him in that room uh, in the upper room now just think about that the creator of the universe he served you on the cross he served you in the with the open tomb one day he's going to serve each and every one of us at his table. Man, I'm looking forward to that day. And 
if you don't know you're going to be at that dinner, you need to make it right today. Today's the day of salvation. Let's sing that, that last verse all again. And look at these words. This is, this is a great old verse. Here we go. Let us love God supremely. Let us leave each other too. Let us love and pray for sinners. with me page 26 or it'll be up on the screen come thou fount of every blessing come thou fount page 26 first and last verse We're going to go ahead and have our uh, offering at this time, and uh, thank you guys for being faithful with that, and I uh, want to do say this, uh, thank you for those who are faithful to give, uh, the Lord is pleased with that, and uh, it makes it a blessing as well here, and so thank you very much for that, and it is an, our, our, a beautiful opportunity to do that again today on this Old Fashioned Sunday. Uh, to give back to what to the Lord what He is so blessed, so graciously blessed us with. Boy, if I could talk, that would be great, you know. It's not like I'm the pastor and has to preach a little bit in just a moment. Um, so anyway, I'm going to go ahead and stop talking, and uh, I'm going to have Brother Gary, if you would, uh, ask the Lord's blessing upon this uh, offering, and then we'll have a special. Uh, Seth, you're going to play a couple songs, Be Thou My Vision, and... And another song, okay. okay. All right. Well, let's go ahead and have a word of prayer, and then we'll have this special during the offering.
All right. Well, if you would uh, take your Bible and turn to the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah in chapter number 6. And if you would join me in standing for the reading of God's Word. (laughs) Jeremiah chapter number 6. And uh, we're going to read verses 9 through 16 uh, this morning. Jeremiah chapter 6, verses 9 through 16. Verse 9 says this, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, They shall throughly glean the remnant of Israel as a vine. Turn back thine hand as a grape gatherer into the baskets. To whom shall I speak and give warning that they may hear? Behold, their ear is uncircumcised, and they cannot hearken. Behold, the word of the Lord is unto them a reproach. They have no delight in it. Therefore, I am full of the fury of the Lord. I am weary with holding in. I will pour it out upon the children abroad and upon the assembly of young men together. For even the husband with the wife shall be taken. The aged with him that is full of days. And their houses shall be turned unto others with their fields and wives together. For I will stretch out my hand upon the inhabitants of the land, saith the Lord. For from the least of them, even unto the greatest of them, every one is given to covetousness. And from the prophet, even unto the priest, every one dealeth falsely. They have healed also the herd of the daughter of my people slightly, saying, Peace, Peace, when there is no peace. Were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? Nay, they were not at all ashamed. Neither could they blush. Therefore shall they fall among them that fall. At the time that I visit them, they shall be cast down, saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see, and ask for the old paths where there is the good way, and walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk therein. Our Father, we thank you for what we've already experienced and enjoyed thus far. Thank you, Lord, for the great music. Thank you for the fellowship. But Lord, now as we turn our attention to your word, I pray, Lord, that you'd put any distraction away about what's coming up after this service, about what's going on in our lives, and uh, Lord, I pray that you would help us to focus in on you and your word and your will for us. And uh, Lord, I pray that you would use your word to change lives. Uh, Lord, I pray that uh, decisions would be made as a result of what gets preached today. I pray these things in the precious name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So I currently own a pickup truck. My enjoyment for pickup trucks started back when I was in college. I was looking for a newer vehicle, not a new vehicle, but a newer vehicle, And uh, I found this deal at this dealership when I was in college with my dad uh, for a Ford Ranger. It was a dark gray Ford Ranger Sport Edition. I think it was uh, 1990, if I remember right. 
Uh, so it was a pretty new vehicle that I had gotten at that time. It sounds like 1990. That's 30 years ago. Wow. Uh, well, it was about four, well, it was probably about five or six years old uh, when, when I got it. And uh, this particular truck had a V6, V6 engine and it had a manual transmission. Well, after I got this truck, I thought that because it was a truck, I could take it off-roading. That that's what it was for because it was a truck, therefore it was meant for off-roading. And uh, I also assumed that because it was a truck, it also automatically had four-wheel drive because all trucks have four-wheel drive, or so I thought. I wasn't the sharpest knife in the drawer, a couple of fries short of a Happy Meal at that time. Uh, I guess not much has changed, but uh, I didn't really understand what I had on my hands there with my truck. But I thought, hey, I have a truck. It needs to go off-road. It's born to drive off-road, you know. That's why this thing was made. So one afternoon, I called my friend and asked him if he wanted to go off-roading with me. I said, hey, man, I, you know, I just got my, my truck, and, and uh, you do anything this afternoon? He said, no, I, I'm not really doing anything. And I said, well, why don't I come by and pick you up, and we'll do a little off-roading together. He's like, all right, whatever, that sounds good. And so I picked him up, and we went out east for several miles, several miles past civilization. And uh, these are the days before cell phones and, and uh, texting and GPS and all of that. These are before all that. And uh, we, we just kind of drove out in the desert and, and thought, you know, we'll, we'll go off-roading into the desert. And so we, we got out pretty far, and I said, all right. And my, my friend sitting next to me, his name was Nate, and I said, all right, Nate, Next, uh, next dirt road we see, we're taking it. And so about a, a half mile down the road, sure enough, to the left, there was this dirt road. And I said, all right, this is the one. And so we get on this dirt road, and, and uh, I think, man, this is going to be great. You know, we're going to do off-roading. It's going to be cool. We're going to be men, you know. And uh, so we, we start bouncing around, you know, and, and I'm like, actually, this is kind of fun. And we get about an eighth of a mile down into this road, and all of a sudden, I realized that this dirt road is no longer dirt. It's a sand, it's a sand road, and uh, it's like quicksand. And, uh, and I'm, I'm driving through this, and my, my wheels start to spin as I make my way through this. And I, I feel like the, even the truck kind of shift in this sand that uh, is so soft. And I thought, oh, no, uh, this is not what I had in mind when I thought of off-roading. I had this idea of, you know, going through some big bumps and bouncing around a lot, and that wasn't happening anymore. Uh, we're into the quicksand of uh, Lancaster, California. So I thought, I probably should turn around. And as I tried to turn around, I needed to do a three-point turn. It wasn't long enough or wide enough for me to do a full UE in that dirt road. I had to do a three to four or eight-point turn, whatever it was. And uh, when I when I turned it to the left, I put it in reverse and uh, expecting the car or the truck to go in reverse. Well, it didn't go in reverse. All it did was cause my wheels to spin. I thought, that's not cool. You know, I, I thought this thing was a four-wheel drive. Well, it wasn't a four-wheel drive. It was a two-wheel drive. And uh, I was not able to get out of there. I, the more I tried to get out, the deeper I got. And uh, that, was a big, that was a bad deal because I didn't have a phone. I couldn't just call AAA. I couldn't call anyone. 
and my friend didn't have a phone. We were, we were in trouble. We were out in the middle of nowhere with no way to get out of this thing on our own. I'll come back to that story in a little bit, but here was the big problem that caused me to be in that predicament. You see, my big problem was that I got off the tried and true path and wanted an adventure and veered onto a new path, thinking that it would be a better way. And it was fine for a while, but then it ended very badly. Well, this morning in our text, Jeremiah uh, was sent by God to deliver a message of warning from the Lord to the kingdom of Judah as they also got off course. Uh, they uh, were on one course, but at, over time they veered off that course a little bit, and now they find themselves in a world of hurt, and God issues a warning to that uh, kingdom and endeavoring to plead with them to get back to the old paths. I'm not an expert in air navigation, but, uh, but those who are tell us that they have a rule of thumb known as the 1 in 60 rule. It states that for every one degree, a plane veers off course, it misses its target destination by one mile for every 60 miles you fly. This means, of course, that the further you travel, the further you are from your destination. And Judah here had uh, one degree and one degree and one degree, and pretty soon they're way off course. Uh, little, little subtle changes that we allow in our lives or they allowed in their uh, life as a nation uh, cause them to be in a place of severe spiritual decline. And as a result, God sends forth a prophet by the name of Jeremiah to go and sound the warning and tell them, hey, you need to get back to the old paths. As we think of our own country today here in the good old U.S. of A., it's unfortunately abundantly clear that we too have gotten off course from when we were founded. We were founded upon the principles of the Word of God, and, and uh, it doesn't take a rocket science uh, to understand that we are not very uh, close now to the Word of God like we were uh, over 200 years ago. And uh, we as a nation would do will, well to take heed to the warning that Jeremiah issued to the kingdom of Judah. We would be wise as a nation to say, uh, maybe we should get back to the old paths as well. I think there's also a lot of churches in our nation as well that have that were started decades ago and were started right and, and they stayed true to the truth. But again, one degree, a little subtle change. A little tweak here. And before long, after time, they're so far away from the church that they were founded to be. I also think that there are a lot of Christians who got their start right in their Christian life, who were headed a certain direction, but again, a little degree here and a little subtle leaven that they have allowed in their life, and pretty soon they're at a place where they're off course and they're spinning their wheels, and they don't know how to get out of this mess that they find themselves in. And the encouragement for us this morning, we're going to look at how we can get back on those old paths. So this morning, we're going to look at this passage from Jeremiah chapter 6 and learn four truths about God's plea to get back to the old paths as a nation, as a church, 
even as an individual Christian, for us to get back to the old paths. So first of all, number one, if you want to take notes, number one, the problem in the land. I want us to look at the problem in the land. There was a significant problem, otherwise the Lord wouldn't have issued this warning, but there was a significant problem in the land. Let's look first to hear of the, uh, at the condition of the people. The condition of the people. The reason that God issued this warning is because the people of Judah had uh, gone down the wrong path and were now currently involved in tremendous sin. What was the condition of the people? Well, I see, first of all, they had rejected God's word. They had rejected God's word. Look, at, look in verse number 10 again. It says, To whom shall I speak and give warning that they may hear? Behold, their ear is uncircumcised, and they cannot hearken. In other words, they can't hear properly. There's a blockage there that's hindering them from hearing. They don't want to hear. Keep reading in verse 10. Behold, the word of the Lord is unto them a reproach. They don't like the word of God. Whenever it's talked about or, or mentioned, they, 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 they stiffen their neck and, and, and they, they don't want to hear it. But then it says at the end of that verse, they have no delight in it. Uh, at one point, Judah did delight. I was studying the history of this, and, and this took place after the revival uh, that Josiah brought. King Josiah came. He was that eight-year-old king that uh, ended up bringing back the Word of God, and, and the Word of God was read, and the Word of God was important and, and uh, treasured in those days. But time had gone by, and no longer did they delight in the Word of God anymore. The Word of God was boring. The Word of God was so yesterday and so boring and doesn't relate to what I'm going through now. And the Bible says they had no delight in it. If you jump all the way down to verse number 19 in this passage, look what it says here. Hear, O earth, behold, I will bring evil upon this people, even the fruit of their thoughts, because they have not hearkened unto my words, nor to my law, but rejected it. Perhaps they understood what the Word of God said, but they didn't want to hear it. They didn't want to do it. I think about the time when Samuel was a boy. The Bible says this about that, that the Word of God was precious in those days. The Word of God was precious, which, which means, practically speaking, it was uh, a rare thing for God to speak to people in those days. And when he did, it was precious. It was valued. It was uh, greatly uh, appreciated. Well, the word of God here in Jeremiah chapter 6 and the kingdom of Judah was now no longer precious. It was no longer important. It was no longer something they delighted in. And yet, this is something as believers we are to delight in. Psalm 1 and verse number 2. The Bible says, but his delight, talking about the blessed man, is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Do you delight in the word of God? Well, this nation, this kingdom didn't. Judah didn't uh, delight in it. They instead rejected God's word and didn't want to have anything to do with it. And as a result, uh, God issues this warning. So they had rejected God's word, but that wasn't all. And secondly, they were also very covetous. They were covetous. In verse number 13, look in this verse. It says, For from the least of them, 
even unto the greatest of them, everyone is given to covetousness. So everyone in that area, everyone in that kingdom was guilty of being covetous. Greed was the name of the game for the people there in Judah at this point, and God had had it up to here with them, and he said, I'm going to give you one more chance to repent and to get right. They were covetous. I want to remind us this morning that covetousness is still a sin. Out of the Ten Commandments, it is number ten, but it's on, it does make the top ten commandments that the Lord has issued to all of us. Exodus 20 and verse 17 still says this, Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. You're not to covet anything that someone else owns or someone else has. But yet this people, they were so filled with covetousness that the Bible says in verse number 13 that from the least, even unto the greatest, everyone is given to covetousness. I remember living in California, and one of the trappings of California, at least in the area we lived, was this thing called covetousness. Everybody had to have name brand designer clothes. Everybody had to have uh, the best. And the, I mean, it was very common to see a Mercedes Benz and a BMW in the same driveway. Very common to have these expensive vehicles and these expensive homes because they wanted to have more and more and more and more. I want to remind us what Jesus said about this in Luke, uh, Luke chapter 12. He said this, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. You say, well, I got this new toy. I got this new thing, so I must be cool. No, that doesn't mean anything. And you and I know that the shiny new objects wear out and they break and they uh, rust and they uh, fall away. So a man's life doesn't consist in the things that you have. It's who we are that really matters, not what we have that really matters. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse number 5, the writer of Hebrews encourages us to let our conversation or our lifestyle be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have for you have said I will never leave thee nor forsake thee well the nation of Judah here or the kingdom of Judah decided that they weren't going to be content that they just kept wanting to have more and more and more and they just were so greedy as a result God said it's time to issue a warning it's time to call them back to the old paths so they were covetous But thirdly, I also see that they had spread lies. Verse number 13 talks about everybody being covetous. But then it says, the prophet, at the end of verse 13, the prophet, even unto the priest, everyone dealeth falsely. They have healed also the herd of thy daughter of my people slightly, saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. You see, it got to the point where everybody was so covetous, so covetous that even those in the ministry, even those prophets and the priests, 
were now telling lies in order to pad their wallets. They're willing to say things they knew that weren't right in order to get more money. As we look across uh, this spectrum of Christianity or churchianity, whichever you want to call it, because I don't know a lot of it is actual Christianity. We look across that in America today, and we do see this happening in our day and age too. Uh, We see prophets and priests or those in the ministry, preachers, who are preaching a false gospel just in order to increase their wallets. So as we look at America, I mean, are we here? Had we rejected God's word as America? Um, Unfortunately, the answer is yes. By and large, the answer is yes. I know that there's a remnant who hasn't, who still holds true to the word of God, but there is, by and large, as a nation, we have moved away from the Bible. Have we become covetous? Yeah, we just want our stuff, and we want our lives to be uh, filled and padded with all kinds of uh, toys and goodies. Have we spread lies? Yeah, Uh We've heard about fake news. <laughs> that, that's happening all the time. And does it happen in churches? Unfortunately, the answer is yes. But not only that, number four, I also see this. They were comfortable in their sin. They were comfortable in their sin. Notice verse 15. Talking about the kingdom of Judah here. When Were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? The Bible says, nay, they weren't. They were not at all ashamed. Neither could they blush. You know, at one point in Judah's history, there were these abominations that were committed, and when they were committed, there was a great shame that went with those. When when someone talked about these atrocities and these abominations that people had committed, uh, people blushed when they even brought them up. But now, now they're comfortable in their sin. Now they're no longer ashamed. Now they're comfortable. Do they blush when they talk about it? Oh no, those days are gone. Because it's commonplace now. Because it's actually paraded now. You think back to I think here to our day and age in America. Think of the things that right now people flaunt. Things that 50 years ago people would have been ashamed about, people would have blushed to speak of. But now, in America, were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? Nay, they were not all ashamed, neither could they blush. No, instead they have parades. They have a month dedicated to broadcasting their wicked lifestyle. Say, boy, this is old-fashioned preaching. Well, it is old-fashioned Sunday. I know that people get a little uncomfortable when we bring up these controversial issues, but friend, they're very clear in the Word of God. And we've gotten away from that as a nation. And God is looking at our nation today, perhaps the same way He was looking at the kingdom of Judah in in Jeremiah chapter 6. And we say, well, we just want to tolerate and love everyone. Look, unfortunately, here's here's what has happened now. 
in our culture has gotten to the point here in America where if you actually have the audacity to believe what the Bible says about certain issues, there's a temptation to reverse. And we're the ones who are ashamed and blush to say, my name is Eric, I'm a Christian, and I believe homosexuality is a sin. We're ashamed to say that now. 50 years ago, preachers weren't even having to talk about this. It wasn't even an issue. But those who were dealing with this in their own lives, they were ashamed. They were blushing when it was, when it was spoken about. Look, I'm not trying to say I don't love those who are in that lifestyle. I absolutely love them. They're welcome here at our church. They need to get saved just like everybody else does. At the same time, the Bible is very clear about some of this stuff, and now we have whole months that are dedicated. Uh, they have tried to rip off the rainbow, the symbol of God's promise to the world that he would never destroy it, and they have tried to rob that and steal that for their own. Were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? No, they're not ashamed. Neither could they blush. Let's... let's Let's really broadcast it and flaunt our sin. And it's not just that. It's a lot of other things as well. Smoking marijuana used to not be, uh, it used to be something that people would blush about and be ashamed about. Now we have them all over the corner here and more. We're flaunting it. We have those, uh, on Eastern, I think they have one of those, uh, those blow-up things that do like this in the wind to try to get people to go to their marijuana store. I'm telling you, folks, we are Judah. We need to get back to the old paths. And by the way, this can happen to a country, and it has happened here in our nation for sure, but it also can happen in a church where we would never allow that in our church years ago. Now all of a sudden, again, we just... Let a, go, go off one degree, just veer a little bit, one degree and another degree and another degree, and before long, we're allowing what we said we would never allow in our church to be in our church. And we, we put it forth, and we, we try to say to everybody, hey, isn't this great? No, it's not great. Can this happen in an individual Christian's life? You bet. Where once before it was, oh yeah, I would never do that. Boy, that's, that, that, that would be so shameful to be involved in that type of sin. But again, we allow one degree off, a one degree departure. And before long, we're in that mode. And, and then we're like, hey, would you just stop being so judgmental of my, uh, my sin? You just need to love me like Jesus does can happen in a country, it can happen in a church, and it can happen in a Christian. And they were comfortable in their sin, and as a result of their condition, we see, secondly, the consequences of their sin. Look at verse number 11. Here's where God says the warning and the, uh, the, the punishment that's coming, the consequences of sin that is coming if, if there's no repentance. Verse 11, Therefore I am full of fury in the Lord. I'm weary with holding in. I will pour it out upon the children abroad and upon the assembly of young men together. For even the husband with the wife shall be taken, the aged with him that is full of days. 
and their houses shall be turned unto others with their fields and wives together. I will stretch out my hands upon the inhabitants of the land, saith the Lord. God will judge sin. Say, well, good thing we're under grace, right? Just because we're under grace doesn't mean that God's not going to judge us for our sin here in this life. God still takes sin seriously, and yes, it's under the blood if we're saved, and yes, it's all been forgiven, and it's all been nailed to the cross, and praise the Lord for that truth, but at the same time, He's not going to let one of His children just continue in sin. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound, Paul asked? The answer was, God forbid, absolutely not. Romans 6.23 still says, For the wages of sin is death. James 1 and verse 15. I'm going to go ahead and turn over there real quickly. You don't have to. James 1 and verse 15 says, Then when lust hath conceived it, bringeth forth sin, and sin when it is finished bringeth forth death. That is still in the Bible. James, by the way, was written to Christians. Sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. And then he says in verse 16, Do not err, my beloved brethren. In other words, don't get off course. Don't get off road. Because when you do, uh, you're going to end up in a ditch that you can't get out of. You're going to end up in an area that you didn't want to be in. So ultimately, this led to Judah being overtaken by Babylon. And this was all part of God's judgment upon this kingdom. God takes sin very seriously and will indeed judge it. So we see the problem in the land this morning. And as we look across our land, and maybe even looking into your own individual life, do you see a departure from the old paths? Do you see a departure from the tried and true path that the Lord has for us? If you do... I want us to look at number two here, the pathway forward. What is the pathway forward for us? And what was the pathway forward for the kingdom of Judah? What should they have done? Well, verse 16 gives us that pathway forward. Verse 16 says, Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways, and see, and ask for the old paths, where is the good way, and walk therein. We see here the four steps on the pathway forward. First step here is stand. Verse 16, he says, stand ye in the ways. In other words, stop and stand still. When I was driving my Ford Ranger Sport Edition down that dirt road, eventually I had to come to the point where I need to stop and realize that this is not the right direction. And so I had to stand there in the way and stop what I was doing. Maybe it's time for you to stand still and stop a little bit and take a little inventory of your life and say, have I departed from the truth? Have I departed from the old paths? Maybe it's time to get back to those old paths. Too often life is busy and it's hard to stop. We talked a little bit about that last Sunday when we looked at Mary and Martha and compared the two of them. 
how Martha was so cumbered and busy, and, and uh, she, was, she had a lot on her calendar, and she just w- had a bunch to do. But Mary took the time to stop and to understand that she needed to hear what God had to say. And so God tells the, uh, Judah here to stop and to stand still. God tells America to do that today too. God tells Cornerstone Baptist Church to stand and say, Who are we? Where are we at as a church? Where are we on the path? Uh, which path are we on? And God asks all of us individually as believers to stand and say, Where are you? And that leads to the second step here is stand ye in the way and then see. Look around and understand and see that uh, see what path you're on. And if you're on the wrong path, look around and figure out how to get back to the old path. Don't be oblivious to this. And many people just blindly keep going the way that the whole culture is going. We need to stop and, and, and see what's happening. We need to understand what is happening in our nation. We need to see what's happening in our own individual lives. Let's not be blind to it. Let's look around and understand and see. Then thirdly, the third step here is to ask. Again, verse 16, stand ye in the ways and see. And then ask for the old paths, where is the good way? The idea here is, Lord, where's the old path? I want to get back there. Where is the old path? Look, friend, we don't need any new paths. We need to get back to the old paths. So the question is then, what are the old paths? Well, United States Route 66 or Highway 66 is also known as the Will Rogers Highway, the Main Street of America, or the Mother Road. This was one of the original highways in the United States highway system. U.S. 66 was established on November 11th, 1926. That was, nine, uh, that was uh, 94 years ago. This road originally stretched from Chicago, Illinois, go Cubs, uh, through Missouri, Kansas, right here in our very own Oklahoma, Texas, New Mexico, and Arizona before ending in Santa Monica and Los Angeles County, California, covering a total of almost 2,500 miles. Well, Route 66 was removed from the highway system in 1985 because it was no longer relevant because of interstates. Many think today that the old paths are irrelevant in our modern day too. They think that in our day and age of acceptance and tolerance that the old paths are out of date and too narrow and need to be done away with. If I think of Route 66, it reminds me of another way that has to do with the number 66. Somebody tell me how many books there are in the Bible? 66. So as we ask for the old paths, let's get back to the original Route 66. Might be kind of corny, but I'm just trying to illustrate for the the fact that this is the old paths. But you know what? We don't want this anymore because this is too... Hate to use the term today, but old-fashioned. It doesn't work anymore. 
Don't we have something new? Don't we have something a little bit more modern? I mean, come on. The King James Bible, seriously? Are we still using that? Now, Route 66, this book takes us all the way from Genesis to Revelation, and this is the old path that we need to live by. Psalm 119 and verse number 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. As we go on through life, this is our a path that we are to walk on, and it is the light onto that path. So here he says, ask for the, those old paths, which is walking within the word of God. But let's ask for this path, but that's not enough to just ask for it. Fourthly, we then need to walk. You see, it's not enough to know what the old paths are. We now must walk therein. Again, verse 16, Stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? And walk therein. We must walk in that old path. We must apply the truth of the word of God. We must do. We must hearken. We must, as our memory verse for the month of October says, we must observe to do according to all that is written therein. We are to be doers of the word and not hearers only. You say, well, I know what the Bible says, but, you know, I'm kind of picking and choosing what I choose to do on that. Okay, well, the thing is, is we need to get back to the old paths and walk there into with a heart that is willing to be obedient uh, to the word of God. I've read that when Edward VI, the king of England, in the 16th century attended a worship service, Here's what he did. He stood up while the word of God was read. We do that here. And he took notes during this time and later studied them with great care. And throughout the week, he earnestly tried to apply them to his life. You see, a single revealed fact cherished in the heart and acted upon is more vital to our growth than a heart filled with lofty ideas about God. One step forward in obedience is worth years of study about it. God does want us to know what the Word of God says. The Bible says, uh, I believe in uh, Hosea, that my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. We have a responsibility to know what the Word of God says, but more important than knowing what the Bible says is then doing what the Bible says. We need to walk therein. Walking indicates that we are obeying the word of God, but walking also means that we walk before others. Uh, a couple months ago, and it's sadly been too many weeks ago, maybe even three or four months ago, now Luke and I would uh, get up early in the morning, earlier in the morning and run around. Uh, we have a little pond there in our neighborhood, and we'd run around it a couple times, and uh, I always try to want, win the race, but... Luke always won every time. Uh, I let him win. So <laughs> that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Okay, going back to spreading lies, and uh, I'm doing that today. Um, no, he's uh, much faster than I am. And uh, we, we just we did that, and then we met one of our neighbors, and uh, we were talking to them, and, and they're like, hey, aren't you, don't you guys like run around with your son or something like that in the mornings? 
And I was like, what? Um, oh, I, I guess we do. And she's like, oh, I think that's wonderful. That's great. I always enjoy seeing you guys. And you, it looks like you're trying to race each other a little bit. And I'm like, yeah, we are, and I never win. Uh, but I, I got to thinking, boy, people are watching my walk. Or, and it was more of a walk than a run, I'll be honest with you, okay? Uh, and his was more of a run than a walk. But here's the thing. When we walk... Therein, in the old paths, people take notice of that, and uh, that's a good thing. We are to walk before others in truth, and we are to walk before the Lord in truth, and, and before our family, and before other believers, and the world in truth. People are watching. It's a good thing. And so we see here the fourth step in getting back to the old paths is to walk in those paths, to not just know what they are, because a lot of us could say, oh yeah, I know we're supposed to be obeying the word of God. But are you obeying the word of God? Are you walking therein? Now, that's really where it comes down to. Are we being willing to be obedient? So in reality, as we look at the pathway forward, the pathway forward is actually to go back to the old paths and to start going that way. E.M. Bounds said this, what the church needs today is not more machinery or better not new organizations or more and novel methods, but men whom the Holy Ghost can use, men of prayer, men mighty in prayer. The Holy Ghost does not flow through methods, but through men. He does not come on machinery, but on men. He does not anoint plans, but men, men of prayer. See, what E.M. Bounds was saying is that we don't need new methods or programs here at Cornerstone Baptist Church or innovative ideas. Not that we're opposed to being creative and, and having some fun things, but uh, we don't need those things. What we need to do is get back to the old paths of prayer and the Word of God. We need to get back to the basics, the old paths. And that's the pathway forward for uh, our country. That's the pathway forward for our church. And that's the pathway forward for us as Christians. Will you go back to the old paths? And if you do, I want us to see, number three, there is a promise of God here. The promise of God. Verse 16 again. Stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths, where is the good way, and walk therein. And here's that promise. And ye shall find rest for your souls. Isn't that what you want? Isn't that what we're all after? We want that peace in our hearts and that rest for our souls. God promises that to all of us who are willing to get back to the old paths and walk according to the truth of, the God, of God's word. It reminds me of Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 33. I referred to Proverbs chapter 1 last Sunday. We read through the passage together about God's wisdom calling out and those who have refused God's a wisdom, but, but those who hearken, verse 33 of Proverbs 1 says this, Whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from fear of evil. See, there was rest for their souls, for those who are willing to take heed. Those who get back to the old paths and walk therein are promised true rest and peace. By the way, I want to say this. This wasn't indeed a gracious promise of God for this rebellious people. They didn't deserve this. But God does promise for those of us who are willing to get back to the old paths a rest for our souls. So what are you waiting for? 
Let's get back to the old paths. Let's stop trying to invent new ways and try to cover up our sin and try to... Uh, we don't need any of that. We just need to get back to what God has to say. God knew what he was saying. He meant what he said. Let's get back to it. And we'll find that rest for our souls that he promises us. So we see the promise of God here, but then fourthly and lastly, we see the pride of the people. The pride of the people in verse 16 again. Here he gives us the pathway forward. Stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way and walk therein? And then he gives us his promise and ye shall find rest for your souls. What would they do? Here's what they said. We will not walk therein. Let's look in verse 17. Also I set watchmen over you saying, hearken to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, we will not hearken. And again in verse 19. Behold, or hear, O earth, behold, I will bring evil upon this people, even the fruit of their thoughts, because they have not hearkened unto my words, nor to my law, but rejected it. They did not want to hear it. They wanted to stay on the path of their sin, and they made their choice, and their choice was a collective two-letter word, starting with the letter N and ending with the letter O, which spells, anybody? No. They said to God, I know what you say, but my answer is no. I don't want to hear it because of their pride. They were like the ones in Proverbs 1 who heard the warning. But they would none of my counsel. They despised all of my reproof. And as a result, therefore, shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. I've sadly seen this in my life, those who have chosen to reject God's word and reject God's ways. And as a result, they end up going down a path that is just like, you didn't have to go there. Kind of like me getting off course, driving in the middle of this desert, going in this quicksand and getting stuck. I I didn't have to go there. I could have just simply stayed on the street that that truck was actually designed to drive on. Not this off-road nonsense that I falsely assumed. And there's a lot of Christians that assume that if they get off course a little bit, it'll be fun. I'll get to see what everybody else is enjoying out there. It looks so much fun on TV and on the movies. Uh, Let me be a part of that. They don't see the people getting stuck. I mean, all these alcohol commercials uh, look like everybody's just having a great time. And in order to be cool, you've got to drink this certain brand of, of alcohol. But it doesn't show some of the results of that later on. It doesn't show the hangovers. It doesn't show the regret. It doesn't show the one-night stands they didn't even remember. It doesn't show any of that. As we think of our country, we have a, na- we have a nation have said exactly what Judah said here in verses 16, 17, and 19. No. God, we know what your word says. We were founded upon it, but the answer is no. We're done with it now. This is a different generation. We want to do things our way. There's no question that we've strayed very, very far away. And I believe that God is issuing a warning for us as a nation to get back to the old paths, and that is only going to be so if God's people, the people in this room, get back to the old paths. 
We have a very important election coming up in a little over two weeks. It's important that we vote. It's important that we pray. It's also important that we as individual Christians get back to living according to God's word. When I got off course, I remember the moment that I realized I had gone too far and I wasn't able to help myself. Uh, we, when, when that, when we got stuck there, I mean, we went and tried to find anything we could to put under those tires to get some traction to get out of there. Everything we tried, the more, the more I uh, pushed the gas down, the more we dug deeper. And I remember the humiliating moment it was, the humbling moment for me when I said, you know what? Uh, we keep trying. It's, it's not going to, it's not going to help matters. It's going to make it worse. Probably should go try to find some help. So he and I walked back to the main road and we walked along and tried to flag anybody down that we could see driving past. And finally someone uh, drove us to a house and uh, we knocked on the door and we said, Hey, do you have a, do you have a vehicle that can pull us out? They said, no, we don't. Is there any way you can, we can borrow your phone so we can call one of our dads to help us out. And they said, our phone's not working. Our phone's out of service. Okay, uh, could you take us somewhere where we can use the phone? And they graciously took us to a place that there was a pay phone, and I had to walk into the store and uh, ask for some change because I didn't have any of my own change. I mean, talk about humility. The lowest of low. I mean, I was embarrassing that I was stuck, and it was embarrassing that I was having to ask for somebody help even to give, uh, give me enough money to use a pay phone. And then it was embarrassing when we called my, my friend's dad actually had a truck that was able to pull us out. And we had to call him. Well, he wasn't exactly happy about the phone call. And uh, he ended up coming out to help us, but he was, he was frustrated with us for doing what we did. It was humiliating. But you know what? We got out of there. We got back on the right path. And so maybe there's someone in here today that would say, you know what, Pastor, the truth is I've gotten off course. Maybe it's been one little degree after another, but uh, now I find myself miles and miles away from where I thought I I should be. It's going to take a moment of humility in your life to say, it's time for me to get back on the right course. It's, It's time for me to get back to the old paths. It's time for me to start saying, yes, Lord, yes. To your will and to your way, I will trust you and obey. When your spirit speaks to me with my whole heart, I'll agree. And my answer will be, yes, Lord, yes, instead of no, Lord, no. We've been saying no too long, and it's time for us to start saying yes. So we get back to those old paths. We'll talk a little bit more in the afternoon about some specifics on the old paths that we need to stay true to. But for right now, where are you at? Are you on the old paths or have you tried to veer off a little bit because the new paths seem pretty exciting? The new paths is what everybody's talking about. It's all the rave. Yeah, well, the old paths are what God blesses, not these new paths. Let's get back to the truth of God's word. Let's pray together this morning. Lord, thank you for allowing us to be here in your house today on this old-fashioned Sunday. And Lord, I preach this message because I think it is appropriate for the day, but may we not just say, well, that was 
an appropriate message for Old Fashioned Sunday. But Lord, may we do something with it. I pray, Lord, if there's one here today that has gotten off course, maybe they find themselves down a dirt road about ready to get stuck. May they turn around before they do. And Lord, I believe that this is a wake-up call for them today, if they'll hear it, to get back to the old paths. Lord, our nation absolutely desperately needs to hear this message. We have gone off course and we are in a place where we're no longer ashamed. We're no longer blushing about things that we did 50 years ago. Oh, well, it's just a new time. It's, we've progressed. No, we've regressed. And Lord, I pray that you would forgive us for that and that you would help us as a nation to get back to the old paths. And as a church, Lord, I pray that you would help us to stay on the old paths. Help us, Lord, not to veer off course even one degree. Help us, Lord, to stay true to you and to your word. Help me to do that. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. We have some festivities happening here in a moment, but before we get into some of those things, I think it would be very appropriate for us to do something with this message that we've heard this morning. I want to encourage you right where you are to make decisions as the Lord has led you throughout this message. As the Spirit of God is pinpointing something in your heart, in your life, it's time to make a decision based on what you've heard. This wasn't just given for your information, it was given for your transformation. And so allow your life to be transformed right now by doing something and making a decision with this message. I'm going to ask Miss Pat to play through this first verse very softly, and as she does, I want to invite you to have a time of prayer right there in your seat and ask the Lord to work in your life. Father, thank you for the opportunity to be in your house today, to be challenged and encouraged to get back to the old paths. Lord, I pray that all of us would take inventory of where we're at on the road of life and to make sure that we're following the old paths, that we're walking therein. We don't just know what they are, but that we're actually obeying and doing them. And Lord, I pray that uh, you would help us as a church to stay on the straight and narrow path to not revere, to always stay faithful to you. And Lord, I pray that you would uh, just help the decisions that were made to be kept and that you would give courage. Um, and Lord, I pray that you would just continue to do your work in our hearts through this day. I pray these things in Jesus' name.
Amen. We're going to sing that song here in just a moment, but I just want to say if you're here this morning and you're not a Christian and uh, you don't know that uh, you belong to Jesus, you're not, you don't know that you've ever been born again, I want to encourage you. We're going to be around this afternoon. I would love to uh, take a few minutes with you and show you from the Bible how you can know for sure that you are a child of God. Really, that's the most important thing. Jesus said, I am the way, the life, uh, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So uh, come and talk to me. I'd be glad to show you from the Bible. Or if, if you're a lady, I'd be glad to get a lady to show you uh, and walk you through the truth from God's Word on how to know for sure you are a believer in Christ. And then if you're here and you're a believer and you want to talk about something that uh, was mentioned this morning or you need some help with a decision that you've made, I'd be glad to uh, help you with that in any way I possibly can. We're going to go ahead and sing uh, that song, I'm So Glad I'm a Part of a Family God, and then we're going to come up and make a couple quick announcements, and then we'll be dismissed into our next, uh, next thing. So let's sing that together. Amen. Well, I hope you are part of the family. And again, if you're not, today is the day to take care of that. Be born again, be adopted in the family of God. And I uh, hope that you'll come and talk to us. Right after the service, we're going to be dismissed in just a moment. We have uh, food available uh, in our fellowship hall. I think the servers are already over there and uh, already ready to serve you up some delicious pulled pork. And uh, we also have uh, fried chicken. Uh, we we kind of had... It was going to be a choice, but then I was like, I don't know that my choice is yes, you know, so my choice is C, all of the above, you know, uh, so there, I think there's going to be plenty of food for us to do that, uh, but uh, maybe if you want to first go by and pick one, and then you can go back through and, and get, get the next one if you want, uh, but we do have plenty of sides over there, and, uh, and then I think drinks are supposed to be outside, I think that that's the case. And uh, then we'll eat outside. I think, Brother Scott, you're, you're out there. Is the weather good? It's holding. It's holding. <laughs> the Lord is keeping it dry for us. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll enjoy some time outside, and it's pleasant outside as long as it stays dry. So I would encourage you to enjoy that meal, and uh, we'll get the game started in probably about uh, 30 minutes, well, maybe about 20 to 30 minutes from now is when we'll open everything up and start some of the games, and we'll be announcing uh, all of that uh, through the microphone. We have a microphone out there so everybody can hear. So uh, let's all stand together, and uh, we'll be dismissed. Sure love you all. Thank you for being here. Thank you for uh, being faithful to the Lord's house today on the Lord's Day, and I uh, appreciate you being here. Uh, let's see. Uh, Brother Bob, uh, would you mind uh, dismissing us in a word of prayer?